Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Welcome back down number two of the program. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. We heard from Reed in the first hour, thanks to him, from Buffalo, New York, side of the NHL entry draft, which will begin on Friday. First round on Friday, 4 to 9 is our coverage right here on 630 Ted, Voice of the Oilers. And also 8 to 11, rounds 2 through, was there, 7? Seven? 7 rounds? Yeah, okay. Terry Jones is nodding in agreement. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Patrick Kane has won the Hart Trophy. Uh, no surprise there is the league's most valuable player, 106 points, first American-born player to lead the league in scoring. He also won the uh, uh, the Ted Lindsay Award, which is voted on by the players. That's the most outstanding player award, much like in the uh, Canadian Football League, except, you know, us reporters vote on that. Most of the time get it right, sometimes mess it up. Last year we got it right. Anyway, Norris Trophy, uh, Drew Doughty of the LA Kings wins the uh, Norris Trophy. Vesna Trophy going to Braden Holtby of the Washington Capitals. Uh, Two-time winner tonight is Andrzej Kopitar, Frank Selkie Award as best defensive forward. Also the Lady Bing Trophy for sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct with a high standard of playing ability. And no, Connor McDavid did not win the Calder Trophy, as expected. Artemi Panarin of the Chicago Blackhawks won 77 points uh, this year. And uh, McDavid finished third in voting, which maybe surprised some people, kind of surprised me. Shane Gossespierre, defenseman of the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, won that award. Also, uh, Gary Bettman approves, NHL Board of Governors approving expansion uh, to... Las Vegas for the 2017-18 season. Uh, we'll talk about that and much, much more a little bit later on. We're going to talk some football. And, uh, yes, the Eskimos will open up their 2016 regular season against the Ottawa Red Blacks, the uh, Grey Cup rematch, I say in quotations. Uh, it'll be a 3.30 uh, pregame show here on 6.30, Jed, and they will kick it off at 5 o'clock down there on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. But uh, a really cool... I don't want to just call it a book. It's a book, and it's got so many elements to it. But uh, Terry Jones, the man behind Epic Legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos. Large, nice to have you here. My pleasure. And also Grant Loving, who uh, publisher of the book. Grant, nice to have you uh, along here. So well, thank you, Dave. It's great to be here. Uh, I, I've seen you got the prototype here. And there's still a lot of work to be done with heavy sucker. Isn't it? it is it's ten pounds. <laughs> that was my son at about one month of birth, so which was not too long ago. Uh, yeah, a huge project. And I guess first of all, um, what is unique about this book, Terry? Well, there's a lot of things unique about it, but uh, number one is that. Uh, it's essentially a uh, pilot project in North America, I guess you could call it that. Uh, it might not quite be accurate, but it's it began uh, well it began with Grant. This is a, 
and his background, uh, I think most people in Edmonton have heard of the uh, company's coming uh, yep. uh, cookbooks, which are the North American publishing success story right out of Edmonton. Fewer in my uh, in my condo right now. So oh, yeah, my I wife got, uses them a I lot. A bunch so. too. And, uh, Bless her heart. <laughs> he calls me up and wants to meet with me uh, for coffee. And uh, I'm thinking uh, he's going to try to con me in to talk to a bunch of Eskimos and Oilers about their favorite recipes or something like that. So <laughs> I didn't exactly have bells and <laughs> you know, all excited going down there. And he plops a very similar looking uh, uh, production uh, on the table there, and I said, "Have a look at this." Mm-hmm. And it was from uh, uh, the, the uh, Aussie Rules Football in uh, Down Under, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the teams had created this. And uh, I think it's now up to four or five, isn't it, Grant? They say they've signed up eight teams. Five of them are already, already on the, done, yeah. their website. And okay. then he informed me that uh, this, I mean, is obviously the first in North America. Uh, timing of the Eskimos winning that great cup is <laughs> magical. <laughs> uh, but in Europe, uh, Juventus uh, in the uh, Italian League and uh, Series A. And uh, and uh, what is it? Uh, Chelsea? Ar- in, Arsenal. and Arsenal. And Tottenham. In, oh, they're in too? So, yeah. I mean... You know, this is happening overseas, and right here in Edmonton, uh, you know, with a football team that's been here for uh, three quarters of a century, uh, is uh, kind of carrying the flag. And uh, again, like you say, it's hard to describe because uh, if he didn't have that model there, uh, I probably would have taken a while to. But as soon as I saw it, I said, I'm in. Yeah. So, Grant, tell me about. I guess, uh, and, and Terry's talked about a little bit about how this idea was created, but maybe really go into this. And when did you really have the fires burning about, we got to do a book on this football team uh, in this style? Well, I got to tell you, when I first got the phone call from a buddy of mine in Australia, he was telling me about this book, and I said, well, I don't know. I mean, I was in the publishing business, but we sold out five years before said, I, I think I'm looking for something else. He says, look, you, you just, I won't, just want to show it to you. So I'm going to send it to you, see what you think, because maybe it'll inspire you. So I was inspired. So I thought, by golly, I've got to do this in North America, because it's just not being done. And specifically, what's not being done is going to a professional sports team saying, look, what we want to do is access your content to create a product that will be there for generations of fans to come, but also to access your fan base so we can present it to them and make it available to them. So uh, it it, it seemed to be just a a really good way to to go forward on it. I started asking people, you know, just casually, sports fans, I'd drop this uh, Australian book in front of them and say, what do you think? And what I noticed was there was a word that every one of them used, and that word was wow. So I was looking for that wow factor. So mm-hmm. every time I heard wow, it was another check mark. And finally I thought, well, you know what? Everybody seems to love this. I'm going to see if I can sell the concept. So I got an appointment with the Edmonton Eskimos, um, met with their executives, with Alan Watt and Len Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, partway through the conversation, when I was explaining the whole idea of capturing their history, what, what I said to, to them was, you know, so much has been written about the club over the years but nowhere does it all come together in one place for the benefit of fans for generations to come. Len Rhodes pushed his chair back and stood up and pounded on the table with his finger and said, that's exactly what we're going to do, and you're going to help us do it. (laughs) Excellent. So they were all in. 
They were all in. And yeah. uh, so we said, all right, let's make it happen. And I said, I would love this to be the first book, and what I plan will be a North America-wide series. I, I'm impressed with another aspect is you got Terry to sit still for, you know, a few minutes because you're on the go a lot there, Terry. So <laughs> well, The part that really uh, worked in, in that, and I'll let Grant speak to it in a second here, is that... <clears throat> For the, in, I mean, I've been covering this team since uh, full time since 1973. I was mm. explaining the other day that uh, the ten, first ten Grey Cups I covered, Edmonton was in nine of them. Uh, I mean, I've that was their 11th Grey Cup that mm -hmm. I covered that they won. Uh, so I mean, I go all the way back, but beyond that, I go back to that team in the. F it was only six or something in 1954, but uh, I they had me speak to to the team at uh, at their last reunion I told them I've talked to you guys and interviewed you guys so many times wrote your story in so many different ways that I felt like I covered that team mm -hmm. and I told Grant when we first had the thing the, the one thing that's going to be unique about me doing the book is that uh, you know a lot of people in this book are going to speak to you from the grave because I really started assembling this book uh, with this in not this exact project in mind but with a an end project in mind way back and and uh, and then it, it it gets into the uh, realm of uh, um, you know putting it together mm -hmm. well I, I had it almost completely put together in a different format uh, you know when the Eskimos were having that run in uh, oh two three four and five in that era there and then the wheels fell off for 10 years, and I'm thinking, I'm not going to sell a book here. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they win the Great Cup and Grant calls. I find that amazing, because you were working on something like this, maybe not exactly never, like this. Well, I've done I've done the history of the, es I mean, of the Oilers. Yes. I've done uh, the decade of excellence uh, on that run of the five-in-a-row team with the Eskimos, but I have never written, nobody has ever written the history of the Eskimos. Yeah. That's right. And I had it all, and it was uh, uh, it needed it needed some assembly <laughs> required. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just find that amazing because you do the legwork on this before Grant. You have this idea. We got to do this, and you get the concepts from Australia, and you get you know you talk with the Eskimos about it. It's amazing how this all kind of came together because it seemed to be in the works. You know, pre-existing, I guess the idea, and then when the idea came together, it was like, "Hey, it's it's we a, had a match made in heaven." We had this conversation in late January, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, for four straight months, you know, I was writing a column in the papers virtually every day, and uh, and spending almost all my spare time <laughs> assembling this book uh, in the way that uh, you know the uh, the models from uh, Aussie Rules was, which I love the format. Uh, it meant uh, rethinking, uh, and it's not the last thing that we wanted it to be was a. Uh, and then in the third quarter, he uh, did this, and and uh, you know, it's it's just loaded with anecdotes, and it's meant to be a breezing re breezy read, and uh, I think we've achieved it. We're joined by uh, Terry Jones from the Edmonton Sun. Uh very, very good columnist, longtime columnist for uh, that publication, Grant Loving as well, uh, the publisher of the book, and Terry's been uh, big, big time involved in this uh, book called Epic Legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos. The story of the Eskimos that have never, ever been told, and it's in the works now, it's being told, and we'll talk more about the, the this, uh, this 
this endeavor. I mean, looking, I'm looking at it now, and I've, I've thumbed through it a little bit. Well, Grant has thumbed through it. I'm too afraid to touch it. <laughs> but but it's, it's a book that you really have never seen a style like this. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more here on Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Welcome back to the show. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed down in Buffalo, New York, side of the 2016 NHL entry draft. Uh, portions of this show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Vis- visit actionfurnace.ca. We're talking about a new book, Epic Legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos with Terry Jones, uh, Edmonton Sun columnist, and uh, Grant Lovig, who is the publisher of the book. Grant, uh, this is not just your regular book. You know, there's it's it looks like a book. It's heavy. <laughs> We've already established that. What are some of the features that make this book a unique publication? Well, Dave, we wanted it to be an interactive publication with the reader. So we included a number of elements, things such as, well, in the beginning, when you open up the book, it's got a certificate of authenticity with the number of the book because it is a, an individually numbered limited edition book. Uh, in addition to that, there's autograph cards, so you can take them to the game and get your favorite players. Um, one of the features that I, I think is is just got to be the best, is, and I've really enjoyed this, is player stories. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is we've gone to selected players and, and just asked them if they would contribute a story about a favorite memory or maybe something that still haunts them in their sleep. Something about their time with the Eskimos that they can share from behind the scenes. And we've had remarkable stories, such as I was showing you the letter from Eric Upton, yes. and how he said Tom Wilkinson saved his career. And mm-hmm. that story is in his letter. They're in the form of letters, too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another thing he has in there that is is like the uh, uh, a letter from the Eskimo uh, president back yeah, in the 60s. Yeah, Hugh McCall at the time from the mid 60s when mm-hmm. the Eskimos are going through a really tough financial time. Sad sack <laughs> 60s, we call the chapter, <laughs> and. Uh, this letter is to the city essentially saying you've got to decide if you want a football team in this city mm-hmm. and specifically how they were going to accomplish it the proposal was look give us a deal a better deal on rental of Clark Stadium so we can afford to run this team because right now we can't and there were nine businessmen who stepped forward and put their names on the line to make all of this happen the city did come through and granted their approval to their proposal on the uh, rental so they were able to stay and play football. So that letter in its entirety, including the financial projection, <laughs> is included in the book. And they're zippered in. I mean, it, it, uh, they're separate to the book. Uh, you can remove them and take them out. And exactly. But my favorite part, Grant, if you open the cover there, and we're not on television, but the uh, uh, no, of the uh, case there is, is the Grey Cup rings right at the at That's the right. uh, at the offset of the of the uh, publication is uh, <coughs> you know there there are only twelve Grey Cup rings there aren't fourteen they've won fourteen Grey Cups but the uh, the ring from fifty four fifty five fifty six was actually uh, made for the team for one of their reunions sometime in the late seventies <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, all the rings are, are uh, uh, you know the face the top of the ring. Uh, you're not wearing yours. I'm not wearing. No, it's, <laughs> our, uh, I was going to show Grant the uh, uh, as they're portrayed here right now. They're 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 not uh, embossed yet, but you can get the effect. I mean, that's yeah. 
It's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, we're going to emboss them to give them a 3D feel and look. And this is what we call the award panel. So the book comes encased in a, in a custom design gift box. And then when you open it up, this is kind of, the again, that wow factor that we mm -hmm. were looking for. So people were hoping will be surprised, except, oops, we just told them. But <laughs> the reproductions are there of the 12 Grey Cup rings along showing the, the ring and the year. And uh, you know what, I I went to Hector Pottier's and picked up uh, his ring, his 79 ring, I think it was, and I had to take it in for photography. So uh, I put it on my finger. Well, it, two fingers to be true. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I gotta tell you, like my, my hand was tired by the time I got to the photo studio. Yeah, I mean, they're, the, the rings are, you know, the, the way that they're designed and, and the thought that goes into the design is, is incredible and yes I received a Grey Cup ring from the 2015 season and it's not like the player ring. Uh, the player ring there was a lot of thought process uh, from Dwayne Mandrusiak, their longtime equipment manager, and Ed Hervey, the general manager and VP of football ops. Um, each diamond has a meaning. Each diamond has a meaning. That's right. And they didn't want the previous rings that were won in the last few years by the Argos and the Stampeders and the Riders. They were um, getting big and heavy and wide, and it, it was like you, you know, you, you had the wow factor. You'd, the minute you got them, but you really wouldn't want to take them out and wear them very often. Uh, no, because you I, open I really the box like, and it punch you in the eye. That's uh, the problem. You I don't really <laughs> like the rings that they did this year, and, uh, and, and especially the, uh, the ones they did for the, you know, the, the, the non-player show, we call them, because uh, yeah. they're a beautiful ring. I mean, they're not the same as the players, but they're, I mean, I'm sure that everybody you've shown that ring to sees says, wow. Yeah, it's, and it's quite incredible. It's, it's really cool. So, how many player uh, letters are in the book, right? And and seven. Seven. Yes. Okay. Seven. Okay. Seven. And then we've got a few other little inserts that we're going to tuck in there. And the, as Terry was uh, explaining, the we've got these little slots cut right into the page, so mm -hmm. it's like a doubled up page, and there's a slot, and then the letter just slides right into it. So. And also in, in the back of the book, I'll just mention that we've got something called the record book. And that's for the statistical people who really want to get in and say, okay, what happened at what year? Every player that ever played for the Eskimos, yeah. all every season, every, you know, it's all there. And, uh, <coughs> but uh, the, the, you know, the, the, one of my favorite parts is, uh, is just the, uh, uh, that first chapter mm -hmm. in, in a normal book form. Uh, because it uh, it had never really that part of Eskimo history had never really been put together, and <laughs> there's a lot of fun stuff that happened before the beginning of history, uh, which we say is 1949. Yeah. But there were a lot of failed attempts and quite hilarious <laughs> happenings in, in that background. Uh, that I mean, <clears throat> the Edmonton Eskimos were actually in the Grey Cup. Uh, in, I think the first one was 1922, and again in 1923. But they weren't the Eskimos in 23. Right. They were the Edmonton Elks. Edmonton Elks. Edmonton okay. Elks. Now I knew about that for a <laughs> long time. I knew about that, but I never knew why. The Edmonton Elks Club bought them their uniforms that year. Wow. <laughs> so they called themselves the Elks. <laughs> Still double E. Yep. Eskimos kind of rolls off the tongue just a little bit and it better. Wasn't, right? it wasn't Eskimos in the beginning. <laughs> That's amazing. It we're was ek es. Esquimox, E X. Yeah, I think. How do you spell it? E X Q U A M A U X. 
I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> this this roll, Eskimos just rolls off the tongue just so much better. We're talking with Edmonton Sun columnist Terry Jones, author of Epic Legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos. We're also joined by Grant Lovig. Uh, he was the publisher of the book. Uh, a book hasn't been written like this uh, before, uh, detailing the, the, the immense history of this club. And uh, in this style, we talked about the, the several, you know, seven letters from players their own little sleeve that sort of thing and what i want to talk about next is how you know you talked about the 60s and we just recently talked about the previous era the dark times of the eskimos how you know hey the dark times lead to the better times so especially we'll talk about in the in the 60s um how this team got out of the doldrums because as you said terry 19 uh 1973 is when you started covering the Eskimos, and that's when they started to really get on the rise again, right? That was because of me. That's no. <laughs> Terry Jones is the reason, folks. Inside Sports, Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Half the show done. Oh, we got another half to go, including this conversation about epic legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos in this hour. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Welcome back to the show, 732 here on this Wednesday evening. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins, who's down in Buffalo, New York uh, for the NHL entry draft, 4 until 9 on Friday, and then 8 to 11 on Saturday. The uh, first round will be Friday night, and then the rest of the rounds, 2 to 7, uh, will be on Saturday morning. What will the Oilers do? They'll probably attempt to be busy and likely will be busy uh, on the draft floor uh, there in uh, Buffalo, New York, at whatever they called the arena, it used to be the HSBC Center. I can't remember what they call it now. They they change all the time. They change all the time. Anyway, we're talking about epic legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos with uh, Terry Jones of the uh, Edmonton Sun, uh, and also Grant Loving, the publisher of the book. Um, there's so many more features uh, on this book that we're going to try and hit on. We're probably not going to hit we, on... We needed that commercial break to show you a I know. I know. I mean, you you did a top 10 Eskimo list. Uh, you got features on all the Grey Cup teams and you got some other features as well, but I, I want to talk about how the, the dark times kind of shaped the better times, you know, and I hear about that 60s era from Brian Hall mostly because he talks a lot, as you know, uh, <laughs> and is very good at it, uh, but he, you know, like you, went through that era. Um, you know, and he, he said things like, you know, teams would come to Clark and hang 50 points because, and we just talked about it, the, the defense was pretty good, but the offense couldn't do anything and went through uh, 12 quarterbacks. And, um, you know, all I know is I, I didn't live that era. I just hear about it. I know what the dark times were from 06 to 2013, and they were pretty dark. But that 60s period, how much did that era propel the team forward into the better time starting in the 70s? Uh, it was everything because, uh, the, first of all, you had a board of directors that at one point there were had about 38 people on it or something, which was totally dysfunctional. And you've <clears throat> heard that word around this town <laughs> 10 years ago and four years ago. Yes. But uh, they, uh, like you said, the... Uh, that defense was, was unbelievably good. It mm -hmm. uh, shouldn't be underrated. Uh, uh, anybody had a defense like that should have 
been knocking on the door for championships, but the offense was so bad. And they were, they, I mean, the names of the quarterbacks here, uh, and it was more than 12 deep. Uh, I mean, they, they couldn't do anything. All they had was, uh, you know, long gone Thomas, uh, you know, on the, on the sweep. And if that didn't work, <laughs> game over sort of thing, right? <laughs> and, uh, but... The first thing they had to do was, uh, and then we have a chapter in the book on the Nervous Nine, was mm -hmm. invent the Nervous Nine. They got it down to nine people. And the reason they were called the Nervous Nine is they'd had to sign their lives away. Uh, if this team lost money, it was coming out of their, uh, you know, <laughs> their <laughs> businesses. Uh, and uh, along the way, you had uh, uh, Jim Hole, who I'm sure you've met, and, yep. uh, and uh, uh, Healy and uh, a couple of those guys. Um, that uh, became the president, and they they had a, uh, a, a a general manager that they'd hired, uh, whose wife got sick sick, and he stayed in in Los Angeles, and the the uh, assistant general manager had to run the the team sort of in the off season. It was a kid by the name of Norm Kimball was basically in charge of junior football, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, and then. Uh, they finally got the word that uh, the GM wasn't going to show here at all, so they thought about it, and uh, and Jim Hole and and uh, those guys on that board decided, well, let's give it to to Norm. Uh, he's been doing all the work, anyhow. Mm -hmm. But the thing that, that 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 made it was they said, you know, unlike all this previous stuff where the you know, the guy who runs a furniture store or something is calling shots on a professional football team. Let's give it to him and let him do it. If he can do it, great. We'll re-up him. If we can't, we'll go out and hire somebody and give him the deal. Yeah. And that model is still there today. Mm -hmm. the, the board of go directors or governors now, as they call it, <clears throat> doesn't get their fingers in the pie. Uh, and they sit back and they, uh, you know, you could go through pretty much the entire history of that book. Uh, I mean, they're the team, uh, same thing. And uh, I bet you can't think of, uh, you know, five presidents of the Edmonton Eskimos over that year. Right? <laughs> They've been that low profile. Yeah. There have been some really important people. The entire tentacles of this town have gone through that board of directors. Right, yeah. And, I mean, the only time I see them is, you know, every early May for the uh, annual general meeting. And it's, you know, almost like, okay, who, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, <laughs> the railroad, uh, yeah, but, and 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 the uh, and the annual dinner, of course. Yeah, that's and, right. And I mean, they, they, uh, this team, right at that that nervous nine, basic. That's what turned the team around. It, mm -hmm. it eventually, uh, uh, you know, they they uh, the guy by the name of Tom Wilkinson played a big part because they finally found a quarterback mm -hmm. uh, used. One who occasionally used to sprain his fat, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> your famous line? No, no, that's the Ray Ox or, famous. Or that's line. Ray Ox famous line. Okay, I thought it was yours, so I'll take it. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's just it's just amazing how that era all all came about, and the Nervous Nine came about, and the thing I think about is this team doesn't have a private owner; it's community ownership. Yep. You know, that's and what makes it. and. How does it work? I mean, why has it worked so successfully over? Well, it didn't in Calgary. It finally came apart. It didn't. It, all of the West was once 
uh, you know, Winnipeg's been teetering here and there. Yep. I, I'm not sure what, how you describe them now. Saskatchewan stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Edmonton and Saskatchewan have a lot in common, which has really made that thing with uh, Chris Jones interesting this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the two boards get together every year. Uh, yeah. They alternate going back and forth on a road trip to the uh, visiting game there. <laughs> They're great buddies, and <laughs> they may have to bring guns this year. <laughs> Looking at each other going, okay, <laughs> not so not so great, eh? Not, <laughs> we're not ha- having the same warm feelings as we usually did but anyway we digress um the 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 number of the the amount of detail you could go into about each great cup win um could be immense you could have books on all 14 wins i'm i'm pretty sure uh tell me about the challenge to because you have write-ups on all 14 great cup wins uh tell me about the process of trying to condense it down into you know a nice uh workable manageable page well, or page uh, is. <laughs> I, I had the benefit of covering them all. Yeah. And uh, therefore, the benefit of having my files on covering them all. <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was actually a fun chance to relive the uh, a bit of the, you know, you know, the the week leading up to it. And, uh, you know, in some cases, the uh, the Western final was a bigger game than the than the Grey Cup was. The Grey Cup was kind of a walkover. The Western final was everything. So yeah. Then, you know that was involved more, and uh, and the you t- I tried to 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 go back and 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 create the you know the picture and the uh, and some of the you know memorable quotes or I mean like the year that uh, that uh, Wilkinson and and Dan Kepler are carrying the Grey Cup off the field and the fans come running through and they they broke the Grey Cup basically <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know memorable things like that as opposed to you know that uh, second down. Uh, uh, off tackle player, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get too much into it unless it was a huge, huge play. I mean, right. if you're talking 1954, you're talking Chuck Hunsinger <laughs> at, uh, Absolutely. You know, at, at great length. But that's also part of a, a run through of the of the years in, in a chapter form, where you're, uh, you know, kind of doing the flow of uh, uh, of the team. You know, uh, to some in some cases during the 60s, I'm not spending a whole time on like 1964 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? But uh, once you get into the Grey Cups, uh, there's so many indelible memories. For example, the ones you're going to have uh, telling uh, your kid about, uh, uh, you know, they're they're locked in there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 2015 Grey Cup, for example. Right, that's what, what I'm talking about. What, what came to mind for you? I, I know for me, I always felt, well, this was the team that didn't mind being the villain. And walking into every place and go, we are the villain of the story, and we don't mind it one bit. Uh, for you, what was the theme of the 2015 year? Well, it was it was the just that whole. I guess they put it on the ring, tap tap. Yeah. I mean, this team last year, uh, which won the last ten, ten games of the of, of the season, including Western Final and the Grey Cup. I don't know how many times that they were uh, down going into the fourth quarter, well into the fourth quarter, and and, and pulled that game out. But uh, you know, more than anything, it was it was uh, it was it was the job that uh, a guy who was out for the entire first half of the season, uh, Mike Riley, did. Uh, I mean, he became well. Just yesterday, I think. Uh, got named the number one player in the TSN's top 50, mm-hmm. he is now the star of the Canadian football, period. Yep. 
So much so that TSN flew him to Toronto to do a hit with him during uh, an NBA basketball or NBA yep. Toronto Raptors playoff game. That's his sole purpose was in Toronto was just to do a hit for TSN. So, yeah, he's the face of the franchise. So, uh, and it was great to have that 2014 Grey Cup to, to, if you want to call it, to, to bookend the. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, there was a lack of story there for a while toward yeah. the finish line. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, the fold-away pages with uh, with the number of the players. And what's really neat, and we talked about it during the break, Terry and I, and and, 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 and you, Grant, as well. You know, it, there's some notable players, but there's some notable players for other reasons as well, right? Yeah, we wanted to make sure that we weren't forgetting those people who went on from the Eskimos to great things in their lives or contributed to the community in a number of ways. So we we actually had a long discussion about, so what do, you, what do we call these people? So we ended up with the word notable, which I think is perfect in the end because they are notable players. They didn't necessarily finish on the top of the scoring list or anything like that, or, or you know they aren't on the wall of honor necessarily, but there are reasons to remember these people. So what we have, and I, I noticed that you were surprised when we went through the prototype book that we have here, and suddenly it folds out into a yeah. page spread. Think Playboy centerfold here, okay? <laughs> Except twice, twice it goes out on each side. <laughs> but no centerfold. No centerfold. We, no, we there promise. Was, there wasn't anybody that notable. <laughs> In that sort of way. We have three sections like that. Yeah. Each one of the sections, each one of the uh, four-page fold-outs, uh, holds 32 players. So a total of 96 players that Terry has identified that really deserve to be noted. So they're included in the book in these fold-outs. Okay. And, and the whole idea is to, uh, I'm thinking, I mean, in, in my age group, right, uh, you know, this, some of this stuff won't be, uh, you know, breaking news to anybody that, uh, no. you know, that... Uh, Lougheed was the pre- premier of the province of Alberta and played for the 1949 team, or that, uh, you know, the name of wrestler uh, that... Uh, Stu Hart. Stu Hart, yeah. but yeah. there was also uh, the uh, the world champion at the time whose um, mother was the uh, uh, on city council here, uh, mental block. Uh. <laughs> Anyhow, the... Uh, just that the whole, uh, you know, guys that ended up in the movie star racket, uh, right? Uh, all sorts of really interesting people that, uh, you know, went on in different walks of life. Uh, but there's also the guys that are there that, uh, you know, didn't fit into any real category, but d- deserve mention for like the 16 years they played in the 14 All Stars. You know, those kind of. Yeah. Thing, right? But there's, as I said, there's two pages of the top 10. They get two pages each, uh, uh, not picked in number one through ten in order, but just the top ten. Uh, and I'm sure most people could be pretty close in their guess to them. And then everybody else that's on the Wall of Honor has a has a page, mm-hmm. right? And they're all the same length of uh, copy, exactly 500 words, basically. Mm-hmm. And but but beyond that, uh, Grant, we've got uh, sp- uh, a, a spread on the on the. Spirit of Edmonton, uh, Dwayne Mandrusiak, Brian Huggy Bear Hall, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the uh, the world's greatest uh, acrobatic cheer team and, uh, uh, you know, the Eskimo cheerleaders. Uh, yep. And if they had a marching band, I'd have them in there too. But <laughs> <laughs> I know you would like one. So. I would love uh, one. <laughs> top 10 Eskimos you mentioned, not in any particular order. The number one. 
Oh, they're me, the best player all, of all time. Is, for me, it's not even close. Everybody would probably say Warren Moon, but it was Jackie Parker. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a case of uh, uh, Ray Wilsey, who played for the team uh, back then, that uh, ended up as a coach in the National Football League for three decades, won a bunch of Super Bowls with uh, Oakland. And uh, he, was, he was telling me about sitting around with, you know, Don Coriel and uh, oh, just a whole host of, uh, you know, big name NFL uh, people, uh, you know, over from some pops one night and somebody brought up the subject of there's one player that uh, you saw or coached at any time during your lifetime. Uh, you got the ball on the three yard line, you got one play, who you giving the ball to and five out of the eight or said the same thing Jackie Parker and mm-hmm. the Edmonton Eskimos yeah and uh, I mean the Eskimos won a great cup in 1956 uh, where uh, Don Getty was the quarterback mm-hmm. and the reason and, and Don was very eloquent about the fact is the difference between the Eskimos with me at quarterback and the Eskimos with uh, Jackie at quarterback is I had Jackie Parker in my backfield, and he didn't. <laughs> well, how many positions did he play? He played quarterback, running back? Well, back then, everybody went, well, not everybody, but just about everybody went two ways. Right. Like uh, Johnny Bright was a linebacker. Uh, uh, Roly Miles was in the defensive secondary. Uh, Jackie was back in that in that group at the back. Uh, but on, on the offense, he was a quarterback. Uh, he was a... Uh, uh, I don't even know what you call it these days. Uh, uh, I, I guess it'd be the kind of position without doing the blocking that right. a fullback is. Yeah. Uh, just for those little, you know, little rovers or yeah. call them. And uh, I mean, the best play in, in the Canadian Football League back then was uh, was the end around mm-hmm. uh, or the the option play. The option play more than the end around. Uh, uh, and Jackie Parker run, ran that like nobody else. Right. So Terry. Uh, through the research of this book, uh, all the all the information you have compiled, all the games, all the teams that you have watched, I want to ask you: What do the Edmonton Eskimos mean to this city? Uh, they, a lot of people that are under the age of forty or whatever, don't remember when uh, Edmonton was a pimple on the prairie compared to after Gretzky and the NHL boys showed up. But they were the and that 1954 team, I mean, that that was the other other than the Edmonton grads way back in the 20s and that. Uh, but they were in 1954. That team winning the Grey Cup, uh, combined with uh, um, uh, winning the Briar with <laughs> that same year, that was Edmonton's coming out party. We were a big league city back then, and uh, and I remind you, I was six then, so don't <laughs> hang me in there. <laughs> but uh, it was. Uh, and that team, uh, you know, they, you carried that wherever you went. There was, there was swagger involved in it. Uh, uh, even the years they didn't win in, uh, in in 1957, that was the best team in the league by far. They, they, they gassed the Western Final, but that was their best year. That was the best team they ever had. Uh, and, and then they lost uh, two following ones to Bud Grant's uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers and just classic series that could have gone either way right down to the end. And then uh, they got back in 1960, uh, you know, the group was getting a little older and uh, ran into uh, Russ Jackson and Ronnie Lancaster and the Ottawa Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, uh, when, they, when that, that team, all the, the, the things that were important to Edmonton, uh, uh, I mean, it was like the 
promotional vehicle for the city and and it was it was uh you know even through the bad years uh uh it, it you know it was uh the community part of it the the you know that lives to this day and the number of appearances these guys make uh it's, you know close to a thousand a year and uh i mean and they take so much pride in, in going out there in the community and the stay in school things and the the stallery it was just so long of a list uh and we've got a big part of the you know in the book on that as well but it's it's uh um edmonton eskimos uh edmonton is in capital letters let's put it that way all right yeah, that I think that's perfect. So, uh, epic legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos, and as you said, the uh, book is still in progress, still being put together. Grant, I'm uh, done. I'm finished. Oh, you're done. Okay, so now it's Grant. <laughs> it's all Grant. It's all Jonesy's done his part. <laughs> yes, you know, hey Jonesy, and, uh, you, you just pound it out. Just like every, every time I see you, man, you're always doing your thing. So, uh, let's as we finish up here. Uh, when do you, you expect the book to be completed? Uh, when do you expect the book to be out in the public for consumption and and for people to, to purchase this book? Well, the book will be shipped in mid-October, so still during the the regular football season. Um, well, as the Edmonton Eskimos are still Grey Cup champs, which hopefully will continue for some time to come. Mm -hmm. uh, Pre-publication sales, however, start this Saturday, June 25th, to coincide with the um, home game season opener. And by gate nine, gate nine. Yeah, gate nine. <laughs> set up. We have a game day table. We're we're set up, and we're going to show our prototype here to people as they come by, and uh, hopefully get them interested in the book. Because if they, uh, we, we're trying to make it really easy for people to reserve their copies. So they put a deposit down. We hold a copy for them, a numbered, and the sooner they put it down, the lower the number, which is important to collectors. Right. And then uh, they just pay the balance in October before we ship the book, and away we go. So uh, busy times coming up. Uh, really excited to be showing the book to people and uh, you know so the, the, f the switch gets flipped. Oh by the way I'll just mention to you that um, there's a link on the home page of the Edmonton Eskimo website uh, with information and uh, the order page for the the book and the website is esks.epiclegacies.com but you just go to the Edmonton Eskimo site and click there and it tells you all about it excellent fun hour guys fun hour terry thank you thank you very much for coming down really appreciate uh, the exposure and i'm gonna have to probably pay for the baked alaska this year in regina <laughs> you probably will so there you go i'm there anytime anytime jonesy's paying for the baked alaska at golf's in uh in regina i'm there so thanks large we'll see uh we'll see you down at the park soon grant thank you so much for coming down appreciate thanks it thanks for having us dave all right it is 7:53. back with uh more of inside sports in a moment dave campbell in for reed wilkins We'll wrap up Hour 2 here in a moment. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, that was a cool hour, I'll tell you, with uh, Terry Jones, columnist for the Edmonton Sun, author of uh, Epic Legacies of the Edmonton Eskimos, and they will have uh, a display at Gate 9. Uh, about the book, and you'll get to see the prototype as I have uh, seen it here in the last hour. So that is very, very cool. Uh, rarely seen photographs, seldom heard stories, limited edition. You can also uh, reserve your copy at s.epiclegacies.com. So, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Had a lot of fun. This hour brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. Uh, we'll get back to some draft talk in hour number three of the program. We'll head out to Vancouver. The Vancouver Canucks have the fifth overall pick. 
one pick after the Oilers. So they're probably just sitting there going, who's left? Who's the next guy that's going to be the the best player available? And oh, by the way, are they going to be in the Milan Lucic sweepstakes? The Oilers probably will be. The Canucks, he's from Vancouver, by the way. So we'll see if that happens. We'll talk to Dan Murphy of Sportsnet. And Rianne Wilkinson, defender for the Canadian women's soccer team. The Olympics not far away. At... Uh, August 5th is the opening ceremonies. I believe the uh, women's soccer tournament begins on August the 3rd. Rand Wilkinson, part of that bronze medal winning team in 2012. Back with more Inside Sports in a moment. Campbell in for Wilkins. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.